I've had enough. The Wisconsin Badgers, our rivals, are overhyped, overrated, and 2023 needs to slow its roll. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And thank you, Gophers fans, for making us your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Now, today's show, we're going to talk about some important things here, including some spring practice notes from yesterday, which were was the final spring practice available to the media prior to the spring game. And then we're going to talk about the main topic at hand, which is, are the Badgers getting overhyped and overrated this offseason? And that answer is yes. And I'll talk about why when we're talking about how are they in some of these top 25 power rankings already. Is Coach Lou Fickle, should he be as highly rated as he is or touted across the nation because of one playoff and how have the coaches from G5 to P5 looked in their first year we're talking about all that today so tune in because you know what I've had enough now thank you again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe over on YouTube but we're going to kick this off with some quick gophers practice notes from yesterday We're going to keep this real quick bang, bang action and get to the topic at hand. Now, the first note that I have is the departure of Jacob Knuth. You know what? People are a little bit worried about this one just because they're like, how are we keeping losing these players? And this was our third string quarterback. Well, he was our third string quarterback, but it seems like he was being pushed by true freshman Drew Vioto in practices as far as making the smart throws, making the right plays, not getting too complicated or too advanced but making the right read making the right throws and being up to up to par up to expectations more consistently so that's what I gathered from not only the presser that we heard a little bit but just from watching the open practices we have been available at I remember sitting in those first two practices that open to the public as well and thinking to myself you know, Drew is really pushing Jacob Knuth. He's getting a lot of reps with the threes. He's doing a lot of the third looks behind Cole Kramer and Ethan and Kelly McManus. Something interesting to keep an eye on. And then we head into these live scrimmages that they had last weekend that were only for the team. And all of a sudden we come out of that and Jacob Knuth is no longer on the roster. And he announced yesterday that he is transferring. I think that's not a coincidence. I think Drew Vioto has been pushing him and maybe the opportunity just wasn't there. And so he took a chance to find a new opportunity. That's kind of what I've drawn so far. Nothing has been stated blatantly or anything like that. Of course, coach Fleck always says if a player isn't on the roster anymore, they won't talk about him. So That's as much as we're going to get there unless we get any clarification from Jacob, but I don't think that's coming either. So uh, we can just read the tea leaves and move forward with that. Outside of that, yesterday's practice, the offense had 
quite a few struggles with communication yesterday. There were issues with people motioning incorrectly or at the wrong time. There were issues with people lining up in the incorrect positions on the offensive end of the ball. The defensive line was all over the offense yesterday in a lot of the 7v7 or not the 7v7. There aren't defensive line in 7v7s, but what I was trying to say is in the team period drills, in the 1v1 team period drills, the defensive line was all over the quarterback. There were probably three to four different sacks that I saw, just real quick sacks, like immediate sacks, just because the defensive line was giving our O-line and the offense with their miscommunications, a bunch of fits. So yesterday, the defensive line was looking real nice. Now, there are always flashes and bright spots in each one of these practices from Ethan, from some of the wide receivers, from Sean Tyler. But overall, it seems like this team is not ready to play a game right now. And Coach PJ Fleck would tell you that as well. But luckily, they still have a lot of time left to work out the kinks, to get it things in order, and to keep pushing themselves and working harder through these final two weeks of or final week and a half of practice and a spring game. Now, another thing that was up in these notes was that the offensive line is still very much up for grabs or up to a battle when it comes to right tackle and left guard. You're seeing a lot of Carter shot left guard. You're seeing moments of Nathan Bow when Carter shot goes to center. You're seeing Tyler Cooper at left guard. And that's kind of the staples right now in the left guard. When it comes to the ones and twos, Greg Johnson is worked in there every so often. And then right tackle, you've got a lot of Martez Lewis and you've got a lot of JJ good We'll see what happens and keep an eye on it, but I think that's going to be a battle through the fall. So it's hard to tell what that is going to look like moving forward. Center is a little bit more consistent. You're seeing a lot more Nathan Bow every once in a while, Carter Shaw. So I think Nathan Bow may have locked that one up. Elijah Spencer has been a big time player for the Gophers in these spring sessions. Wide receiver Elijah Spencer, he is injured, or at least he was out of practice yesterday. I guess I can't for sure say he was injured, but he has made a big impact over the spring with his teammates. His fellow wide receivers really appreciate him, and they talk about his ability and his hard work. His quarterback talks about how he's reliable and super talented. And yesterday, we heard from top cornerback Justin Wally about how Elijah Spencer has given them fits and problems this spring on the defensive back side of things. So hopefully he gets well soon. Hopefully it's minor stuff if it is an injury and he is back at it because he is going to have an impact on this team. Now, Zach Evans and Darius Taylor, both young running backs for the Gophers, both the future of this program and the running back department have missed some valuable time this spring, valuable reps this spring with injuries, but their injuries are relatively minor, according to Coach PJ Fleck, and he seems to think that they will be clear soon. Now, we don't know if soon means before the spring game, but it's something to keep in mind. Now, another final thing with that spring game, uh, before we say that, one final thing on the defensive side of things, DBs showed some looks yesterday, some personnel looks yesterday that were super extremely intriguing in my eyes we'll talk about that maybe later in the show uh not today but when we do some position breakdowns and things like that we are going to talk about that because there are things that could give teams communication issues that could give quarterbacks you know problems when it comes to trying to read the personnel just based on some of the looks we got yesterday but the final thing I want to bring up is the format of the spring game on April 22nd may be much different than what we have seen in years past. Coach PJ Fleck brought that up yesterday in the presser. There could be 
some players that you would expect to play that don't. There could be maybe not a team element of gold versus maroon and two separate full teams. They're still working on some things, but it is likely going to look a lot different than normal. But there will be a game and there will be some form of entertainment for the fans that show up on April 22nd. So definitely tap in for that one. But we're going to get to the topic at hand here, which is the Badgers and how they are vastly, and I mean vastly, overrated right now. Heading into 2023, and we got to talk about it because it is just irking me. It's making me confused. And you know what? It's time to slow your roll. But first, let's talk about a word from our friends over at FanDuel. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. We've got grand slams, no hitters, double plays. They're all back because the MLB is officially back and there's no place better to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers can get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win in your first bet. So go out there. Go put some bets down on who is going to have the most home runs in a game. Go put some bets down on the Twins' final record over or under, and so much more. You can check it out over at fanduel.com slash lockdown to get started with a no, no sweat first bet for new customers. Again, don't miss your chance over at fanduel.com slash lockdown. Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Gophers fans, thank you again for making us one of your your first listen when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports, but also thank you to the everydayers out there that are on the grind listening to the show day in, day out. Yesterday, you heard us talk about Caden Betts and not only talk about him, but talk with him, learn about him on and off the court. Today, we're talking a little bit about why over Wisconsin is vastly overrated heading into 2023. And tomorrow, we are going to have a fun one with the schedule for the Gophers football team and why it is going to be an absolute blessing for them when it comes to the future of the Big Ten. This year's schedule is exactly what is needed. And then Friday, we're wrapping this thing up with some of the underrated prospects that have come in PJ flex time, but have overperformed, showed out and been player developed guys throughout the PJ flex era here at locked on or here at Minnesota, not locked on Golden Gophers. But those are the things to look forward to. So thank you everydayers for tuning in, tapping in each and every day and giving us that love because we've got some great things to talk about. Now, like I said, we're talking about the thing at hand, which is Wisconsin being overrated in 2023. Now I'm not saying long-term I'm solely talking 2023. And I want to stress that because I actually really like the coaching hire that they had. And I hate to admit that absolutely hate to admit that, but I think Luke fickle was a good hire overall, but realistically, all the Wisconsin fans I see going, Oh, we're going to win the division or, Oh, we're going to get 10 plus wins this season. It's inbound. Look at the Badgers are going to be the top of the class. They're going to be back at the top in the West. Look, the amount of national media I already see having Wisconsin in the early top 25s, slow your roll. I mean, let's talk about this. It's, it's not just one news outlet that was like, oh, the Badgers are going to be a top team. No, there are multiple major outlets that have been putting Wisconsin up there. Fox Sports had Wisconsin at 16 on March 13th, and they said that Wisconsin was one of the most underrated teams heading into the spring. Can you believe those words? Underrated, but you've got them 
at number 16 and other places have him at 25 at 20 at look you can't be underrated heading into the spring where you're getting ranked across the nation by major news outlets on top of you haven't played a single game with this roster and this coach at the helm now some people might be like oh this coach was in the bowl game yeah cool that wasn't a full roster the opponent didn't have a full roster i'm not trying to hear all that you haven't played a full roster or full game with this roster with this coach but they're suddenly underrated even though they're getting amped as a top 25 team in the nation no that doesn't make any sense they're literally at the top of the top 25 of a lot of national medias out there so that might have been the best joke I have seen thus far in 2023. USA Today is another major outlet on January 10th, which just flipped into the new year. So right after we hit a new year, they had him ranked at 25th, all predicated on Luke Fickle, Tanner Mordecai, and Braylon Allen. ESPN on March 13th has Wisconsin at 25th, and they claim their ratings are based on one, returning production. Not sure how that's the case when UW has lost a lot on defense, center, a star center, a quarterback. They have a new head coach, new offense coordinator, new defense coordinator, but we're talking about returning production. Okay. Then they say the second factor they look at is recent recruiting success. Uh, you know, rivals and 24-7 have UW rated as the 58th team in recruiting for the class of 2023. And on three has them as a 43rd in recruiting for 2023. You look at transfers. Okay, there's a little bit more there. Uh, 247 is just gassing them up with the third best transfer class in the nation. Not sure I'm there. But then on three has them at sixth and rivals has them at 11th when it comes to transfers. So sure. Give them a little bit of a, uh, a recruiting production value, recruiting success value, if you're really heavily weighing it on transfers. But make sure that transfer rating then is the same as what you're giving those recruits, the high school recruits coming in. You got to break it down. You got to be more transparent there because if you're just saying re recent recruiting success, I'm not sure it's really been there. Then you flip to the third and final point they look at, which is recent history on the field their last three full seasons have been seven and six nine and four and nine and four so all of those elements none of them scream top 25 team you know that they aren't having the gophers sniff this list but they've been higher in recruiting almost each one of these years they have had more success in in the records in the wins loss columns over the last three full seasons and they have more returning production, even with the transfers that they have lost over this past season. So I'm not saying just because of that they should be higher than them. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is if you're going to use those as the three backing points on why a team is ranked highly in your top 25, at least have that team fit those categories then, which it doesn't seem like they truly do. And then another outlet, College Football News, dropped their 133 rankings of all the schools in the FBS on April 2nd and Wisconsin comes in at 19th saying Luke Fickle is in and better passing is in. So this could come together fast. Okay. But why could it all come together fast? What proof do we have of that? Or are we just helmet scouting and touting a coach who had G five success, 
Let's talk about the big bad fickle and why I am not drinking that national media Kool-Aid when it comes to the Badgers' new coach. So we've talked about this team being hyped and touted in the national media polls already, and a large portion of that is due to new head coach Luke Fickle. I've seen about three or four different rankings of the Big Ten head coaches across the or head coaches across the country and seen Fickle as a top three or four coach in the entire conference and a top 10-ish coach in the country. Why? Solely because he made a playoff with a G5 school? What happened to us saying playing lower competition and all those arguments we see with Minnesota and fans have heard about them for years about how the Gophers have a cakewalk non-conference. They haven't played anybody, blah, blah, blah. But now we're going to crown a coach from a G5 school as the next big thing and a top four coach already in the conference, even though he hasn't played a real conference schedule with the Badgers. From playing lower competition and doing well against it. Make it make sense. That's all I'm asking. Because I remember those years when Cincinnati had some top years back to back. In one of them, they made the playoffs. I remember people saying how Cincinnati didn't deserve to make a playoff because their schedule was easy. So why are we vastly changing the narrative now and overpraising? Let's meet somewhere in the middle. Coach Figgle did a great job with Cincinnati. But he doesn't need to be the next big thing in a top three coach in the Big Ten Conference just based on having a good team in a G5. That's all I'm saying. That playoff team, just as a reminder, finished with a record of 13-0 and prior to the playoffs. But they played two 10-plus win teams, two 8-9 and teams, not 8-9 and teams, 8-9 to nine win teams, three 7-win teams, and five 2-4 to four win teams. Two to four win teams, five of those made up their schedule that year. So they had eight games where they played a team with seven or less wins, and a vast majority of those were teams with two to four wins. Both of their New York New, New Year's Six Bowl opportunities at Cincinnati were lost. Luke Fickle is three and three overall in the bowl games. Now, again, I want to say to all this, I am not saying he is not a good coach. I actually think he is a really good coach, but let's chill with this immediate thriving in 2023. But if me asking these questions isn't enough for you and you're like, no, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Let's do this thing. Let's take a look at how G5 coaches who have made the leap to power five have been in their first years, how they finished. You're talking PJ Fleck came from Western Michigan to Minnesota in 2017, his first year, five and seven. Josh Heupel, from UCF to Tennessee, 2021, his first year, seven and six. Jeff Brom from Western Kentucky to Purdue, 2017, his first year, seven and six. Scott Frost from UCF to Nebraska, his first year in 2018, four and eight. Brian Harson from Boise State to Auburn, his first year, 2021, six and seven. Lance Leopold coming from uh, Buffalo to Kansas. His first year, 2-10. and ten. Mike Norvell coming from Memphis to FSU. His first year was 3-6 and six during the COVID year. But if we're not doing the COVID year here and we want to look at his actual first year full season, 5-7. and seven. Neil Brown, Troy to West Virginia, 5-7 and seven in his first year. Billy Napier, Louisiana, 
with the Raging Cajuns to Florida, six and seven in his first year. Scott Satterfield, his first year, App State to Louisville, eight and five. Best of the bunch that we've seen so far that you've heard thus far, never saw an eight-win season again in the next three years. You can even go and look at Chris Kleiman coming from North Dakota State, an FCS program that has absolutely dominated during his time and even after his time continued to dominate, comes over to Kansas State, eight and five in his first year. And that is my guy. Their RB coach is a family friend. He is absolutely dominated in his transition to the FBS. But again, eight and five, and that has been one of the hottest coaches to make the leap, not only in that first year, but also to find success consistently. Now, with all of that history, I just mentioned to you, I just gave you 10 G5 coaches and one FCS coach who are fairly good, two really good coaches who have found success in low major or lower opportunities, and only two of them, two of the 11 options found their way to eight wins. Not 10, not nine. Two of them found their way to eight wins where majority of them were six or less throughout that whole thing. But why, why then are we jumping to, oh, Wisconsin's going to be at the top of the top, the best of the best, a top 25 program. Why do I think that that immediate immediate success is going wild all over the place? One name, Sonny Dykes. 13-2, and college football playoff and championship game with TCU. It's recency bias, and it's as recency bias as it gets. It's its finest, it's the finest example of an anomaly and an outlier that is now being seen as everyone is banking on it. Oh, it's happened before, it can happen again. I just gave you 11 examples of that not happening. But we're going to run with the one and go with that because, oh, it's possible chill i'm not here for that it's absolutely wild and again all of that comes down to i'm not saying luke fickle is going to be a bad coach all i am saying is you have the facts now and why i believe this hype for wisconsin is going a bit too far to the extreme all of that comes without me mentioning luke fickle's big 10 record with ohio state in his one year as an interim head coach was six and seven and he was three and five in the conference with Ohio State, a team that had Braxton Miller at quarterback and Carlos Hyde at running back, and a team that went on with many of those same major pieces he had the next season to go 12 and 0. That comes without me mentioning that they are completely changing the offensive approach, the defensive approach, how they play football with the Wisconsin Badgers, completely new systems. So returning players are also starting from scratch, especially the offensive line, which concepts will look very different. It comes without me going deep and no real difference makers coming back to this team on the defensive side of ball at this moment. There aren't huge players returning for this defense. How is this defense going to stand up? They've been predicated on a top defense over the years, and we don't know what kind of defense they're going to have moving forward this year. You start to add all of those factors together, plus the history that I talked about, and you're seeing why I'm just not buying into Wisconsin hype. Long-term, sure, this move could be absolutely brilliant. But in 2023, if I had to take a shot in the dark, I'd guess that this team is closer to six or seven wins on the higher end, eight as a ceiling. So that's what I've got for you. 
Wisconsin, overhyped, slow your roll, maybe past 2023, but I'm not there for next year. Bring on the hate of the love. I'm ready to hear it. Drop the thoughts in the comments over on YouTube. Be sure to hit subscribe. And tomorrow we are talking about this schedule this year, the one that is big, bad, hard, tough, all the words you want to throw out there and why it's perfect for the Gophers moving forward in the Big Ten, the new Big Ten. Talking about that tomorrow. Thanks again. This is Kane Rob signing off. I'll see you tomorrow. Roll the boat, Skyima. Go Gophers.